This is your host, Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast, Ask Damo. Stay tuned. And this is Season with Salt, the podcast. And I am joined by two amazing guests today. I have Miss LaPria Ginevra. Hello, hello. And I have Miss Whitney Ginevra. Whoa! Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey always got to be so extra. <laughs> extra. They are sisters, um, and we are friends. Uh, we are siblings, sort of like. Kind of, sort of. Yes. But, but they are. They are, we are a family. <laughs> like a giant <laughs> tree. Come on. Up towards the sky. Worldly song. Okay. Amen. <laughs> you guys should have I, don't seen think that, I don't think that movie soundtracks necessarily count as worldly songs. I think it's a whole separate category. You know, there's church songs, there's worldly songs, and uh, then there's movie soundtracks, like musicals. That's different. Well, I was over here throwing the Kojic um, last time fist. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, that choir director. Right. So to close this out, the pastor got to <laughs> preach. We don't pass this time. Fist, um, and fortunately, you all did not see that fist, but you stopped. So thank you. (laughs) I um, asked for Whitney and LaPria to join me today because I really wanted to do Ask Dama, which is a feature that comes out every Wednesday uh, with other people. And I had my little brother join me a couple of weeks ago. He's really cool. I'm thankful for him joining me. Uh, and really excited to have La Priya and Whitney uh, here to join me today. And we got some pretty good questions. First of all, before we get started, I'm gonna put y'all on blast. Whitney, what's your favorite song out right now? Oh gosh, out right now? Let me look at, okay, so one song that is, okay, so it is a uh, gospel, but let me look up what the title is. Um, because I don't want to say the wrong one. It's Tasha Cobbs. Oh, I think you're going to say the same song I was going to say. Shut up. Is it uh, God of Believe? No. But... Okay. So that's my song right now. God of Believe is, is kind of my song. Especially, you know, I've had like uh, a very intense few last months. So <laughs> with the studying for the bar, taking the bar and everything. So that's like my motivating song right now. Okay, actually, maybe it is gotta believe. It's like you just gotta believe. It kind of has like a CC Winans kind of mm-hmm. kind of feel to it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, that is. Just, I was listening to that last night. I was like, okay, this kind of um, this kind of goes a little bit. Yeah, right. love that song. I actually, I, didn't, okay, well, I, I hadn't heard ahead. the track yet. I actually heard her sing it on Instagram, like a little clip. I was like, oh, let me find that song real quick. <laughs> Yes, love it, love it. Okay, LaPria, what are you listening to? What's your song? 
Um, so I've been listening to, it's actually an older song. I've been listening and it's so funny that the first name is Tasha as well, but it's Tasha Page Lockhart. Mm -hmm. I've been listening uh -huh. to her song of Faith Come Alive. I really, yeah, I've been really enjoying that song. Yeah, love that song. I've been listening a lot to, so Kira Shear's album came out during the pandemic and I rocked it. And then I stopped listening to it um, because, you know, like, you know, you play an album out and then you're like, okay, I'll be back. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And I just, I kind of stopped listening to it. But right now, on my gospel summer 2k1 list i have a song by demetrius west called i'm next really love that song mm. it's called i'm next by demetrius west which is crazy because i'm a choir guy so but i can get down with non-choirs so i'm going to go with i am next okay y'all thank you little icebreaker you know get the get the get the we didn't we don't need an icebreaker um <laughs> okay so um we got some good questions first of all i want to thank the listeners of season with salt podcast for submitting these questions they are great hopefully the people who submitted questions last week enjoyed the answers because you know you don't really hear from folks so if you like what you hear or you think that um if i've answered any of your questions like please let me know like boom i like that i really like what Priya said, I really like what Whitney said. I like what Damo said, because uh, that keeps the party going. Okay, so here is the first question. Here's how it goes. And, oh, uh, okay, I'm just going to start. It says, I'm in a book club, and one of the members always shows up late and leaves early. We are busy mom, so I'm not bothered by that as much. The problem is that she dominates the discussion and then gets frustrated claiming she has to leave. Coincidentally, our group reads a lot about stress management and anger. Because I invited her to the book club, I feel a little obligated to tell her how she is viewed by the group. What should I avoid saying? What should I avoid saying? First of all, let me just say that I appreciate the fact that, well, I appreciate three things. I appreciate the fact that you're asking what not to say, mm -hmm. because the, the, it's, I can, I, the first 16 things that came to my mind were what not to say. And then <laughs> I appreciate social accountability, right? So if I invite Whitney and LaPria out to lunch and it's a larger group and they don't pay their tax or their tip i either need to pay that or i need to be like hey you didn't pay <laughs> you need to you need we need to give you five more dollars it shouldn't be the responsibility of somebody else to always be like get your girl get your dude right. so i just want to say that i appreciate this question from the standpoint of taking accountability for something that you have contributed to the group okay Whitney, where are you at? What are your thoughts? Yeah, this is kind of tough because it's, you know, it's, it's not something that's an obligation. It's, it's something that you kind of uh, do and do on your free time. So I think that in situations like this, you feel like there's just a little bit more liberty to, to kind of like approach the situation however you want to, whether it be like, oh, I'm not coming this week. 
it's like, why not? Like we have a group here and sometimes people don't understand the dynamics of kind of like the, the, the situation and the relationships and kind of what the expectation is. But I think that the, the first thing to not bring up is kind of like comparing this person's situation with everyone else's not saying, okay, well, we all have a lot going on and we all are busy. And because that just makes people kind of shut down. I think, especially if they are, it, when you're having that difficult conversation, you're, you've already cut off your ability to understand what their situation is. Mm-hmm. So when you automatically go into it with this kind of idea of saying, well, you know, we all have a lot going on, honey. I don't know what you got going on, but I mean, we all do. It's like, well, no, like, let's let's take a step back and, and say, hey, what's going on? You know, um, we, I, we enjoy having you in, in the book club. Just remember, you know, it starts at so-and-so time. Don't go into it. It's like, girl, why are you always late? And blah, blah, blah. Like, you already are setting someone off to have a negative response. They're already going to be on the, on the defense when you come at them in that type of situation. Um, so that would be my recommendation. Just don't um, try to kind of corner the person and don't go into it with the with the mindset that you understand everything that's going on in their life or that you need to compare their life to everyone else's that's in the in the book club because her situation could be very very unique you have no idea unless you give her the opportunity to explain herself yeah what do you think Lapria? Yeah, I agree with what Whitney said and to kind of like piggyback off of that I think it's also um, important that you don't try to make her feel guilty for contributing to the um, to the book club or to the discussion after she's late. You know how some people make it seem like you know if you late you need to act late. You know, right. sit in the corner, yeah. be quiet. You know, like we even taught that even when we we're talking about church. Like that's what we're taught. You know, in church when you too late, you know, you put your finger up, you sit in the back. You don't if you normally sit up in the front row, you don't go up there. Or if you're in the choir, don't go to the choir right. stand. Once they've already done saying their A and B selection thing, you know, you won't think the C selection. Right. And so I think that it's important to, um, yeah, to, to not make her feel more guilty about being late and making it feel like now no one wants to hear what she has to say. Um, like her contribution to the conversation isn't valued just because she's late. Because I think that, um, you know, as a person that sometimes can struggle, can struggle with punctuality myself. What? Have mercy. <laughs> Have mercy. I don't like, I don't want for that to be my identity. I don't want someone to all of a sudden brand me as the late person and, right. and make me feel like that's who I am. No, I'm mm-hmm. Priya first. I'm, you know, sometimes late secondly, but <laughs> I'm Priya first. So, right. I think that's really important. And I would, I, just, I agree with everything that you all said. I think the other piece too is reevaluating expectations of the group and then mm-hmm. sharing them regularly because sometimes mm-hmm. like as groups we have these unspoken rules like you got to be on time and if you're not on time we're giving you the cold shoulder we're not going to say that you need to be on time but we're going to treat you differently when you're not right um, and i think that like re-exerting expectations for the group but i also think that every group friend group social group work group every group church group needs some type of rule or expectation that's centered around grace, right? I need to be able to give another working mom 
grace, right? Like whether that's to leave early or whether that's to leave last. And I think a part of that question um, centered around like the person like leaving late or early if they feel frustrated or maybe the way that they contri contribute. Like I think that sometimes it's always cool. I remember, um, <laughs> this is kind of funny, but um, I was a part of a, of a committee where the chair of the committee was like really cantankerous mm -hmm. and she <laughs> she we were having this zoom meeting and mm -hmm. zoom had come up with this new feature where before somebody checks in like a message can like kind of show up on the screen like so she had put some ground rules on the screen and they mm -hmm. were very like matter of fact and like you need to and you better and you need to contribute oh, and your cell phone off. But it was like people were screenshotting it and like sitting at each other like, girl, you <laughs> see this? <laughs> and it was like wrong way to go about expectations for the group. Like let's let's work as a group. You know, I worked in higher ed, so I'm always trying to think of the higher ed way to do things. Let's reevaluate expectations based on who we have in the group right Let's come up with if i'm late here are my expectations don't don't be a stank late though right because there's late like oh my gosh you know johnny threw up in the front seat and then i had to clean the seat because i didn't want it mm -hmm. to smell and then chris got off of work late there's that late but then there's the ants like right I'm that's so, true <laughs> like and, and what and i'm gonna leave early exactly like, right <laughs> So you need to have grace for the people that are late and then you need to be gracefully late. Right. And and just, I, I think it's okay to be like, I'm going to be stepping out a little bit early today too, just to let y'all know I'm so sorry. Right. You're going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say also, I uh, just to kind of add on, I think that sometimes, at least for myself, when I feel like either unprepared or like I, or I haven't been as engaged or whatever it is, I feel like I have to make up for it. So yeah. that might be why this person also is, is talking so much during the meeting, I'm sorry, during the book club, because she feels like she's already let everyone down as it is. So she's like, let me show you that at least I'm still really engaged and really interested in, in participating in it. And I've read, I've read what, what we were supposed to read and, and I got thought about it. You know, I've gone over everything and that might be a part of the reason also. So maybe taking off that pressure or um, even just putting time limits or just having a rotation of, of people when they speak, um, something like that, so that she can, she, so that she doesn't feel that pressure that she has to go above and beyond to prove that she still wants to be there. And to kind of, uh, even the, like kind of the, the speaking floor for everyone, I think that that would be really helpful. Yeah, some guidelines around facilitation. Like sometimes mm -hmm. rather than trying to manage people who, who don't share the air, like the facilitator needs to just improve, right? Mm -hmm. like, so true. Like, don't be, uh, and I know that as a, I'm a podcaster. I had, my brother was on my podcast one time and I had to like write him a note that <laughs> this is my podcast. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I know you want to, because he kept like, no, this question is over. Like, <laughs> you're <laughs> You're done discussing this question. Right. It's like we're moving on. Right. And he was like, nah, because I got one more thing to say. Because I'm this. No, no. So, what I normally do if I know I'm having somebody that talks as much as me, because I'm certainly not claiming that like I'm the I'm the best at it. I try to, and actually it's a lot of work too, because 
I'm an introvert, but if I start feeling comfortable, I get real chatty. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Yes, we know, honey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't talked to I haven't talked to no humans all week, so don't show no interest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't look. Don't look like you're listening because I will. You're gonna get an ear full. Right. Oh, do you hear me? <laughs> don't be too engaged. Right. 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 <laughs> You look like you, you look like you want to hear this whole story. Like, right. He's like, and I got another one to tell too after and that. Don't say amen or nothing like that. Like, I'm going to come alive. You don't understand. Right. right. <laughs> Did you have anything else you wanted to add to that? We closing that one out. You get the final say. No, I think you guys, uh, I think that we really covered it all. I agree with everything that was said. And yeah, look, you was already talking about your brother. It was a good episode too, so I ain't gonna be on that. But you was already talking about your brother, so I'm not gonna sit here and add another uh, monologue, <laughs> another paragraph to this. When you want to close it out, so no. I'm, I'm just gonna be. It wasn't that episode. Say, it wasn't that episode. It was another. I'm, I'm, oh, okay. <laughs> it was another one. because my, my brother, that brother, been on twice. It was one about fatherhood. He was going. If if he even listens to this, I'm sorry, bro. Like it was. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Next question. All right. My boss. No, I'm going to skip that. I'll, this one first. I broke it off with my fiance. It was an emotionally draining situation where she would constantly refer to her father for important matters. When we would get an argument, she would always start with, well, I talked to my dad and... So eventually, I couldn't handle it anymore. The problem is that her mother and I had an understanding and agreed that the relationship was not progressing. Since we broke up, my almost mother-in-law regularly tries to hook me up with other women. What should I do? Should I entertain her? Is this wise? Like, you know, I guess, yeah, this is, um, Okay, I can start out with this one. No, do not entertain it. Do not say thank you, but no thank you. Really, you know, that is, so I feel like, you know, if I was the ex-fiance, if I was the woman in the situation and my mom was trying to hook up my ex-fiance with other people that they know, like other females that they know, I would be looking at my mom like, where is your loyalty? Like that would cause like a whole lot of emotions for me. And, you know, if you're in a relationship with someone, you know, that got to the point of almost marriage where you were engaged, there's, there has to be, um, you know, a level of, of closeness and openness that you have yeah. with that person. Right. And, And so, um, like if I have a lot of emotions and I'm, you know, really close with you, almost to the point of sharing my life with you, please believe I'm going to pick up a phone and tell you everything that I feel and more like, it's almost like that, that ex-fiance could potentially be setting him up, himself up for, uh, a lot of really long emails and text messages, calls at all kinds of nights from the ex-fiance definitely you know expressing their um dissatisfaction with it and and also too the fact that um it's just it's hurtful it's 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 hurtful yeah you got to be careful with the things that people do to be hurtful in family relationships because moms and daughters be tripping sometimes and the first Mm -hmm. thought that i had was you got a daddy's girl 
Mm -hmm. I, I probably got some weird relationship with her mom mm -hmm. and her mom probably like got a son somewhere that got issues because he's a mama's boy <laughs> like, like, I mean right. you know like it's, it's it's really dangerous what do you think Whitney yeah I think it's so loaded I think that just um I agree with with Lapria that that no um so I'll start with the with the uh mother-in-law first um yeah no I wouldn't I wouldn't do that either I would really be wondering what is her motivation I would think that she would be trying to kind of like keep an eye on this guy just is it because she wants to make sure that like he's ha really ha genuine genuinely happy or is it because it when the daughter is ready she knows that that guy will be available mm -hmm. and it makes me wonder like if the mother the you know the the ex-future mother-in-law knows women that are in his age group wouldn't those women also know her daughter right so would that right. be her daughter's friends like would that be or family members even like who are these women that she would be trying to hook this guy this guy up with and what just what is her whole motivation i mean sometimes you just sometimes you may be well intended but it just is too um, just too messy. I guess that's the easiest way to say it. <laughs> just kind of messy. That yeah. just it, it just doesn't seem uh, seem like a good idea. And then also just the the fact that um, he had gone to the to his uh, ex future mother in law for advice, and they came up with it with the agreement that it was time to break up. That kind of seems like a an odd relationship as well. I mm. couldn't imagine my mom telling my possible husband not to marry me yeah. that seems mm -hmm. so I, the, I need to know what's going on with the mom because the mom got some other uh, ulterior motives maybe she's trying to save him for herself for when oh, maybe God. she playing who knows <laughs> I don't know I, I don't want to go that far but I've been watching a lot of real housewives uh this week so um <laughs> Right, you can't put past, you can't put uh, stuff past people sometimes. Nowadays. Right, like I, you know, I have that that soap opera mentality right now, but it seems like you know, it just seems very like a odd situation. And until you really understand what the motives are, I think that it would be really, really hard to go into something uh, like a new possible relationship with uh, through a hookup and not kind of question like why, why would she want to do this, and so I. And the whole issue with the father having to be the, the one to uh, give the advice and stuff, that's a whole other issue. This all He just needs to leave the whole situation alone. <laughs> right. If that's, the, if that's what drove you to kind of figure out that this relationship was not going, now I do want to say, because we're good Christians, that that's not the end all be all if you have a situation where you just need to create boundaries between your wife or fiance and her father. Like mm -hmm. sometimes that is as simple as a, 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 a series of conversations with the father and the son-in-law. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Y'all ain't even married yet. So like ultimately you want to make decisions about the person that you love and everything else is sort of like uh, the, the, the stuff that kind of goes along with it that you just have to work out over time. Right. Um, but I can also see how that can be problematic, like moving into long-term issues like you trying to buy a house or you're trying to make a decision about a child or uh, a family situation and somebody is like emotionally attached to their father in an unhealthy way yeah. that's hard for a man because mm -hmm. we, we teach leave and cleave right and right. cleaving is leaving you can't cleave and leave <laughs> right. Right. Like, 
it's, it's one or the other, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that, that the, the whole situation is unhealthy. And if you're able to get out of that before you were married, that's a blessing. Don't, sometimes and I'm learning this like through like children and their children relationships with their parents. And I'm sorry to, I, I know I can do this in this audience and I don't mean no harm, but I notice a lot, like, cause you don't see this a lot with men, but I noticed that women like really struggle with their daughters sometimes when they have similar tendencies, similar, mm -hmm. similar behavior. Mm -hmm. And so they tend to be, especially if they have a son, you know, right. like, I, I don't know, I've, I've been noticing that a lot lately that like, it's sort of like, well, I see, I see myself in this girl so much that it creates for me a little bit of like, ah. Uh, right. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So you do you do have to watch that, but I think it's a lesson like in in any relationship that like being in a relationship with somebody is bigger than just y'all two gonna be intimate and y'all gonna skip into the horizon and be happy right. after. You are marrying their families, right? right. Mm -hmm. That does matter because those are the your kids' grandparents, right? right? Like you, you're gonna be in a, in a relationship with them also for the rest of your life and you don't want to be in an mm -hmm. unnecessary tug of war right so stop talking to the mom yeah. like let the mom know that you got to create some boundaries and that whatever is for you is for you you will find your own mm -hmm. um, potential mate mm -hmm. you want to respect your ex-fiance right uh, and you and that's she doesn't have to have that respect for her daughter if she don't want to that don't have nothing to do with you like you have an mm -hmm. obligation to respect yourself by respecting your ex-fiance and moving all together away from that now if you are still in a regular communication with your almost mother-in-law do you want to break up like, are you trying to get back together with your ex? Like, I just, right. that's a stretch. Like, wash your hands or figure out what you really want. Right. And then mm -hmm. set some boundaries. Yeah, it's like, if, and if, if you want your ex-fiance, then work on that. Yeah. I would recommend just probably leaving the whole situation alone altogether. Right. And if you care, if you know how some people be acting like they're so care, they, I'm so concerned about my ex. And so if you're on that tip where you're faking like you're so concerned about the ex because you feel like you've made a mistake, then set up a meeting with her dad. Mm -hmm. If that's the main mm -hmm. issue. And be like, hey, it was hard for us. And a part of it was that I felt like you weren't letting her go and it didn't make room for me to be her father. If that don't go well, like we're old school. You need to, you need his support, right? <laughs> like right. he's gonna marry his daughter. And we're talking about leaving and cleaving, leaving where? So that means that you need to have his support and then y'all need to have open lines of communication. I'm thinking about a couple right now that I will tell y'all about after we get done recording, who uh -oh. <laughs> told me that he had this same situation, especially like men who are preachers, mm -hmm. they be doing the most with their daughters. I can imagine. Mm. Oh, Jesus, I, you know, I, a heartbreak is a is 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 a is a monstrous thing. You know what I mean? Very true. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. Next question. My boss tried to add me on Facebook. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Right. Short answer. I <laughs> That's a new question. <laughs> I mean, next. Um, I declined. 
in a meeting, she casually mentioned it as a way to build trust. Her demeanor and her tone made me feel like she was pressuring me to add her. Mm -hmm. She told me to, quote, consider the impact it would make on our relationship, end quote. I was speechless. How do I tell her absolutely, unequivocally, no way, Jose, not going to happen? <laughs> so I may, I may not be able to give you the words to say, but I can give you the motivation because I've had a similar situation uh, <laughs> where I was peers with this uh, one person at, at one point, but uh, he ended up becoming my my boss at some point and we were already friends on on Facebook however our working relationship became extremely strained it got to the point where I was ready to quit I even told him that I was planning my my resignation and and to to move on to another organization um, and our relationship got so bad that we did have to go to HR and he had mentioned something I posted on Facebook uh -uh. in our meeting in HR. See? Mm. So it's like you're giving, and it wasn't anything, anything that was bad. It was, it was actually a, a story that I was telling like about, about this day that I had where I was having this really bad day, so bad that I wanted to quit my job. But then it was, there were several signs throughout the day where God reminded me that regardless of where I go and what I do, he's got my back. So that's what the story was. But the fact that he took some information that he found on social media that he shouldn't probably have even been privy to because he's my manager and that's a, and we work together and that's a separate relationship. Um, I had to immediately after that meeting block him on everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everything. Because I was like, no, 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 you're not going to use the things that I post online against me, especially when it's not bad. And, and even the, the uh, my director was there and uh, representatives from HR, they were like, okay, well, what does her Facebook have to do with what's going on here? But you don't want to give anyone any more information about you that could maybe one day be used against you because it already seems like that's what your boss is trying to do right. and have some type of control over you. Right. <laughs> what do you think, Lupria? I agree. I agree with that. Um, I think it's really, really important to be able to maintain um, some level of separation between personal life and professional life. Right. And I think that you are, um, you have a hundred percent right to enforce that. Right. And that's really what I would say is just to, you know, let your boss know um, I like to keep my social media personal mm -hmm. and I like to keep my work relationships professional. Right. Um, and I hope, and, and, you know, maybe also too, letting the boss know something along the lines of, you know, I, I would hope that my comfort matters just as much as your comfort. If she's saying, think of the impact that it could have on your relationship, we'll right. throw that back on the other side too, you right. know. Think, think of the impact that, you know, you forcing me to have access to a portion of my life Great. that I don't want you to have access to. Think of how that can impact it as well. Um, so I think yeah. that, I think that, you know, just saying, you know, I, I like to keep my personal life and professional life separate. And, you know, honestly, 
one thing that I've said before at work, I don't know how comfortable the person who submitted this question would feel like saying this, but I've said before, I come to work to work, not to make friends. That's a um, black lady thing. Okay. <laughs> I've said it too. Yes, it is a black lady thing because I've said it too. <laughs> I sure have. But, you know, but then I do say afterwards, I, I do have the caveat where um, it's always wonderful if I can make a friend. You know, I not to say that I'm not open to having friends, but my main purpose of coming to work is to work. Right. friendships and things come secondary after that and so um if that is your mentality mentality if your decisions and behaviors um you know align with that mentality there's absolutely nothing wrong with that yeah i'm going to agree with both of you but i'm going to preface my statement by saying that i have been well i've worked in hr so that is going to tell you a little bit and then I'm a black male who works in a very female dominated white woman dominated system. So I'm like a, I'm like a mutated cow. I don't know. I think that one of the things that you have to do is just repurpose, recenter that conversation. I don't, and, and maybe this is just, this is, I'm speaking from my own experience having really bad relationships with supervisors mm -hmm. that I had really, so my thing usually starts off where I have like really boundary pushing relationships. Mm -hmm. Like, ooh, let's go to lunch. Ooh, you're my favorite. I love you. And then they always end with like, hate you, don't want to talk to you, can't talk to you unless HR is here. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I've had at least two of those situations. And I think a part of it is that, like, you got to set boundaries up front. But mm -hmm. I also think that, like, you can manage up in this situation better <laughs> than going through the whole, like, I come here to work and I don't. That's going to be based on your confidence. Uh, Whitney and LaPria are senior level employees so that's mm -hmm. a conversation that you might be able to get away with without like being on the hot list right, right? but if you work at mcdonald's or <laughs> like you just started last week and like you just <laughs> right college, like, that's true that might be a little harder oh, coming in my first day <laughs> like, that's not gonna go that well what you might say is you know what i really do want to build trust with you and I see the value of that. You're not gonna get much from my Facebook page that will make you feel like you trust me more. What are some other things right. we can do at work? Should mm -hmm. we like go pick a restaurant? Like, you know, should we have a check-in question at a one-on-one? -on -one? Mm -hmm. um, you know, do you wanna follow me on LinkedIn? <laughs> um, you know, like maybe that's a better place. Right. Maybe Twitter, maybe a place where you're not like spouting out. Like not maybe a place where where you need where you're less free and you're doing it with it with or you can get an alternative Facebook account um, that right. just posts things about work. If mm -hmm. your supervisor needs that level of connection with you, and then it will teach you because having worked in HR, having been a manager, people need to learn that you do not own your social media. 
somebody will find you. Right. They will look for you. You will accidentally make something public that you like weren't, you just made it public. So, cause somebody in your thing said, oh, this is so good. Make this public so I can share. It's that one thing that when they go finding you, Right. They will find that and they'll be like, oh, one day you said that God was going to um, move all your enemies out of your way like you did for David. Who is David? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Who are you referring to? So I would say, I would say, um, don't talk about what you're not going to do. Talk about some workarounds. What will work? How can you build trust? You do need to build trust with people. And also... Um, I'm currently um, um, reading um, Brene Brown's Dare to Lead. She deals with a lot of conversation around building trust. And she talked about um, a trust jar. Um, and that jar is every time you, somebody proves that they can be trusted, like you give them some more models for their jar. And mm -hmm. Brene Brown said that she talked to her daughter about um, who um, was her trust jar friends. And she said that there were two people that were her trust jar friends. One was her friend because at school, um, if the popular table was full, she knew that she could share a seat with this particular girl. Mm -hmm. And then the other person like she really like had as her trust jar friend because she said that because she has eight grandparents because all of her um, parents had, all of her grandparents had been married and divorced and remarried, um, the friend remembered her grandma, her favorite grandma's name. So that was important to her. I would say, mm -hmm. Talk, think about because as you grow listen i when i worked it when i was like doing like low level or like line work or young in my career my manager did not need to know anything about what i was doing right out. like that's none of your business mm -hmm. now that i'm a senior level manager i need to be able to say to my boss I'm on the board of directors for X, Y, and Z, and their board member, their board meeting is Tuesday and Thursday, and I'm going to be uh, needing to be away. Our relationship is going to need to be flexible enough because at this stage of my life, I can't be like, oh, yes, sir, ma'am. Yes, sir, boss. You know, right. Like, no. <laughs> uh -uh, right. no. And so if you're trying to be, have surveillance on me and you want the freedom of knowing who I am, that comes with you like not attaching your bias to what I do because I'm, I'm going to be black. Right. Every day, all day. <laughs> all day. Every day. And don't, and, and, and yeah, cause I, I, I really struggled with this when I was young in my career because, you know, they, on Monday, everybody would be checking in about what they did over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Well, I went to church. I, mean, I was at church all weekend and I'm not going to change up. <laughs> right, exactly. To make you feel more comfortable. But what I realized is that like people got weird. They they were feeling judged, like, you know, without me even saying anything. Oh, mm -hmm. Dom, be careful. Dominique's here. And it's like, no. So y'all didn't invite me to lunch <laughs> because, and then when it was a time for an upgrade, y'all were like, well, you're just not personable. Like, because they, and they, be, and they really be doing that to black women. Right. right? Like, they want mm -hmm. you to be like, oh, she, she just come here to work, right? they will hire the person that comes to work with us over the social committee for that promotion before they hire you. Right. Because they want to go drinking afterwards. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not already told you they wanted George Bush because they thought that he would be a, a, the president you would want to go have a beer with after work, even though he had no experience. No. So. Incompetent, but let's not, yeah, we can go down the, down the list with that one. <laughs> George Bush is our friend now. 
Um, but yeah, Mich- Michelle. Michelle has vouched for him. Michelle, so, yeah. we will we take trust her. as well because she is his wife, and she's okay with Michelle vouching for him. She's not insecure, right? But anyway, oh Lord, yes. Um, find a way. Find a way. You also need to, also to fill out your supervisors, see where they are, how they sit, how they think, right? Because if you're going to mm-hmm. manage up, it's the same as managing down. Mm-hmm. Like, I know how to look at somebody that I'm supervising if they're late. I, sometimes I don't have to say nothing. Right. <laughs> well, it is, it's six o'clock. You were supposed to check in eight hours ago. <laughs> where have you been? Right. That all comes to a look. <laughs> All right. Okay. Here's our final question, and I'm. This is just going very well. I'm gonna have y'all back next week. Look at God. Woo! All right. <laughs> I ran into my pastor. Now we church folks, so this is Woo! funny. I ran into my pastor at Safeway. She, my God, had a bottle of wine in her basket, and I was doing everything in my power to avoid focusing on it. I'm a recovering alcoholic, so it really shocked and concerned me. I want to know what her philosophy is on drinking in order to make a decision about whether to continue my membership. Mm. How do I broach this conversation? I'm going to start this one. Uh, (laughs) Before you said you were a a recovering alcoholic, I was going to tell you to mind your business. (laughs) (laughs) Let Passa be at the store at their personal and their personal life. But I do agree with knowing where your pastor, your spiritual leader stands on controversial issues, particularly particularly those that um, are of concern to you and impact your life. I don't think you need to have the words to broach the conversation. Right. I think you just can, it's your pastor. Let them, they're the professional. They're the one called by God. Let them mm-hmm. navigate the words. You just trust the Holy Spirit and be like, hey, pastor, you ha- I, do you drink? I'm a recovering alcoholic in case they don't already know. And I'm really trying to figure out, like, I'm struggling in this area, if you are, apparently you are, because maybe you felt, you're like, oh my gosh, my pastor got wine. I'm gonna go get me some Riesling. Right. <laughs> Um, but I think that, like, I think having that conversation is really important. I, the other, the thing that kind of concerns me, though, too, is that, like, we're going to be led by people who do things that are things that we are delivered from. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, if you, mm-hmm. if, you're in, uh, if, if you had a bad marriage, like, you know, there might be something that your pastor or some or your spiritual leader says that might trigger you when it comes to relationships. So nobody's perfect, right? And so I think that you're going to have to not just take and make an assessment of what they say about their own drinking or their own preferences. You're going to have to make an assessment about um, what their philosophy means to you as far as how you can be led and delivered and cleaned. Right, um, right. And your, your pastor is not your therapist, not your 12-step, um, you know, leader, um, but somebody who is uh, empowered to speak the word of God over your life. And mm-hmm. so the conversation should, some of that conversation, especially if you've been delivered from something by the grace of God, mm-hmm. should be around 
what they believe the Bible teaches and preaches about drinking alcohol and then how they right. might navigate that in their own, um, how you might navigate that in your own walk and development. And, and it could just be that they have somebody else's basket. Mm -hmm. It could be that it was I, apple cider. Like I mean, you know what I mean. Like I just or they were going to use it to cook, like cooking right. wine. Right. Yeah. You don't want to jump too far into conclusion because it's your challenge. I know a lot of people do that, um, and it is it's hard, right? right? A lot of things are hard, and then also like people cope in a lot of different ways. Very and I just we got to give. I don't know. This is if my pa I don't think my pastor listens to my podcast, but um, if he <laughs> you never know, pastor, I, I I trust that you are saved and delivered and filled with the Holy Ghost and making at home that that honor God, and I just don't want to judge somebody who is in leadership. I want to pray for them. Right. What do y'all think? <laughs> I agree. I think that first off, I agree with the part where um, focus more so on the teaching, the philosophy, the biblical teaching of the church. Um, focus on that first, not the um, not the action of the pastor that you saw in the grocery store and the shopping cart, shopping cart that they were pushing around. Mm -hmm. um, because I think it's, uh, and, and I think that for those type of questions, um, the pastors should be should be welcoming those type of questions and really should be already anticipating them. If anything, I think that it would um, be, I think that a pastor would welcome a member saying, um, pastor, you know, what is our, what is our church's biblical belief concerning this or concerning that? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that would be a conversation that you definitely don't have to feel uncomfortable about and you should uh, feel, you know, you should, you should actually feel more so confident in the fact that that'll be something that your pastor will want to talk to you about. Now, if the pastor says that they have beliefs different than what you're comfortable with as a believer, as a Christian, as a member, um, then that's something different for you to think about because um, not all churches are the right fit for everyone. Right. That's the reason why we got so many churches, you know? Right. Right. And so um, I think that, I, I almost think that, you know, separating the two where first you understand the beliefs of the leader as far as the biblical beliefs um, and, and allow them to provide biblical evidence for those beliefs. And then after that, then you decide within yourself, what are my next steps? Because maybe if the pastor says, oh no, we believe in not drinking alcohol at all. Well, then maybe that is when you follow up and say, well, pastor in the grocery store, I saw the bottle in your, um, in your cart and it made me feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And then that can be another conversation as well that you have with the with the leader. But um, the other thing too, I want to say is, it's I think it's really really important that you feel comfortable to speak to um, the uh, the pastor to to mm -hmm. your leader. This is right. supposed to be your shepherd, you know. Here, 
in person on earth, you know, they're, you know, they're the ones that has been entrusted by God to, um, to lead and shepherd over the flock. Yeah. And so if, um, it's, it's really important that you feel comfortable with having some level of dialogue with that leader or else, how are you going to grow? Yeah. 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 I I agree with everything that that LaPria said. Also, I think that it is really important to have a, a very strong relationship with your, with your leadership where you could go and you can ask questions. Um, I, I think that also, however, um, like me, well, all of us, you know, growing up in church, sometimes there's an expectation that we know what our um, beliefs are and what um, what we should and shouldn't do. And and sometimes we just don't know. I remember the first time I, uh, my mom heard me uh, quote unquote cuss. Uh, I was 16 <laughs> and um, we were driving while well, she was driving. I was in the passenger seat and this guy walked in front of the car and I said, look at this. And it was, I said the F word but not the F word you think. I said F-O-O-L. I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to say that. Uh And so my mom looked at me with disbelief and she was mad at me for like the rest of the day. She was like, I cannot believe that you said that. I was like, (laughs) what did I say? I was like, I I don't even know what I said. I didn't even know. Like, cause there was just this expectation that I was supposed to know what, like, you know, all the words that I can and can't say as a Christian, you know, or in a Christian household or in front of my Christian mother. So I think it's really important that, um, you know, the church also put, put out their beliefs and their, you know, their statement of faith, our doctrine, all those things, we have to put those out for, for it to be accessible to everyone. Uh, LaPria and I right now are going through the missionary classes and we're going through all these different doctrines. It's like, well, why is this not information that is widely available, you know, in this format to all members of the church? Everyone should have access to it. Um, everyone should, should know what, what they're believing. Um, so it, it sounds like the leader, the leader of that, of that church has not done the best job with that but sometimes that's because there's a there's an expectation that that you that people just already know so I think it's going to be really important for this person to bring that up to the pastor that hey we don't really know all 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 the things that our church really believes in like we we need to sit down and we need to have regularly be reminded of these are our standards because we create standards so that so that uh it's like a guideline for people to be able to navigate their salvation yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the word tells us to, to work out our own, our own soul salvation, but sometimes we need a little bit of guidance. So um, I think that it's going to be really important to, I agree with, with uh, everything that was said by, by Dominique and LaPria that just you have to have that, that conversation. You have to have a, a, a close enough relationship with your pastor and you shouldn't have to feel like you have to follow certain formalities. And um, I just one other quick thing. Um, maybe two. Um, one of my good girlfriends, um, I remember we, we were going to go visit a church and she was like, oh, I need to look up their website because I need to see what their doctrine is. Uh-huh. And I was like, that kind of like blew me away because I had never thought about even just visiting a church, you know, because someone invites me even checking on their website to see or the, checking their, their, their denomination or their faith to see what is their doctrine, what is their belief. So that's something that we have to keep in mind as well. We have to be led by the Holy Spirit, of course, but we also have to do our job as well to get as much information as we can to kind of, sometimes we need, need that reassurance because sometimes we're like, is this the Lord talking to me or not? So having that understanding and, and getting that, that information, you know, just in very clear black and white is going to be just as helpful as um, as following the, the leading of the Holy Ghost, because that information will, will still help you um, 
uh, confirm whether or not that's the, the right decision to make. So um, will that make a difference of whether or not you you stay at the, at this church? Uh, it, you know, it, it's possible, but it's important that regardless of what the doctrine is of the church, that if you have a standard that God has set on you, that you follow that standard, yes. despite what the church is saying. Right. despite what the denomination is saying if they say oh you know you can have a have wine you know just just don't get drunk if they're saying that but you have a conviction to um to not drink that whether or not the pastor is drinking um may not it should not stop you from what you have been called to do however however if you can't follow the leading of someone that that is is uh, someone that drinks, as, as we assume um, you know, then you have to talk to God and make that that decision. Um, just one more thing, and then I'm, and then I'm closing. Oh, I remember visiting a church also, though, and I and I was having such a great time, and I and, but after I don't know, probably five or six times, just socially visiting, I realized I had never heard them mention the devil once. So I realized like this might not be a good place for me even to be visiting because I don't even know if they they realize that the devil is a thing. So, you know, if, if things just don't feel right, you got to go with what with what your gut is, is, is saying. So after you have that conversation, talk to the Lord, figure out what, what you got to do. Amen. God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember one time, um, at a particular church that I went to or go to or went to or whatever, um, they were having Bible bands and the lesson was about drinking alcohol and the conversation around like having some for the stomach steak and all this kind of stuff like came up and the person who was teaching could not manage the conversation, like completely lost it. And I went to the pastor at this particular time who could hear the conversation from their office. And I was like, I'm gonna turn this on so you can hear this. And what he did was so wise, like he went and printed out this document that had all these scriptures about being given to wine and drinking wine. And he gave some wisdom around people making their own decisions. And it was very interesting to me because some people still let that conversation like defending their use of drinking alcohol. And I, this is completely different, or maybe it's a little bit different, but I was thinking about this one in the context of like how people's churches are uh, pursuing like conversations around vaccinations, mm. right? Like some people are like, you can't come here if you don't get vaccinated. Other people are like, well, it's encouraged, but this is your church, you know, come when you, you know, and people have to make a decision. Like, so one of my friends was like, uh, I don't want to go to a church that where people are wearing masks because it means that they don't have faith in God, right? <laughs> then another friend was like, well, well no, that's what one of my friends said. Mm -hmm. However, my pastor said something very interesting on Sunday. He was like, you get a car and you buy that car and you have faith that it worked and you love the Lord and you, and you know God is going to take care of you, but you still get insurance. Right, and right way <laughs> because mm -hmm. you want to know that, that you want to make sure that you are in no situation where mm -hmm. you get caught in a situation where you feel like you cannot help yourself or you right. cannot get out of it and right. I think that like sometimes like you have to make decisions for yourself that protect you against the things that you have been delivered from. The scripture does not say the church needs to guard Lapria's heart. 
<laughs> the scripture says, Lapria guard Lapria's heart, right? right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, there are some, whether after you get done having a conversation and after you get done going through all the wine um, closets of all the pastors in your city, you are still going to have to make a decision for yourself, mm -hmm. right? Um, and you have people who have a vagabond spirit in church because they're looking for the perfect people who don't have the same challenge that they have. Well, mm -hmm. the, I was thinking about this today and I'm closing. Mm -hmm. my doctor who um i haven't seen my doctor i'm kind of thinking that my doctor may have had COVID or something like that because my last day appointment somebody else seen me but i had a nurse today who who was standing no no i was at starbucks and a nurse mm -hmm. was standing in front of me mm -hmm. and i was thinking about some of the admonition that my doctor had given me on you know like cholesterol and high blood pressure and like you know being pre-diabetic because i'm not pre-diabetic but he's like you're on the border so you need to make some changes mm -hmm. the nurse that was giving me advice was very rotund like <laughs> like i mean a larger woman mm -hmm. and i could see just by looking at her that she likely had some health challenges related to her weight maybe the health challenges fed into her weight i don't know mm -hmm. but i was thinking about how you can give the best advice out of us from a space of wisdom and and education and not be following that advice yourself <laughs> right right yes because you yes. are you are schooled you what what empowers her to tell me about diabetes has nothing to do with her diabetic status but from but it's based on what she learned through her education and how the system empowers her to say like she's obligated to tell me how to make healthy choices and what not to eat. But mm -hmm. like, I cannot follow her because she said I can't eat red meat. Lord Jesus, keep me in your prayers. Oh, <laughs> Touch right now, Lord. Right, if, if I follow her, I'm sure she probably had a burger for lunch. No right. shit. You know what I mean? So does that mean that oh, she, she had a burger for lunch? So how's she gonna tell me? No, if I don't wanna be dead, from diabetes, no matter what she is doing, I don't need to eat red meat. Right. Mm -hmm. so I think that like, I know that's a weird analogy, but- No, no, that's perfect. Um, I think that it's really important for, for you to grow in your spiritual rock so that you are, um, you know, proof of all influences. Maybe about a year ago, one of my really close pastor friends was at a restaurant and we were FaceTiming and I was looking at his thing in front. I was like, this F-O-O-L. <laughs> got a cocktail on the table. Mama, obviously. He got a yeah, cocktail, cocktail Yeah. I asked him. I was like, are you drinking a something, something, something? Because I knew the name, right? Uh-huh. And yeah, he was the Lord. blue, y'all. It's like, and so I was, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I get no short glass of Kool-Aid at no fancy restaurant. So right. it was blue. <laughs> and he said that when he goes on vacation, he drinks. Oh, we take our first salvation on vacation? That is his prerogative. And right. I, at first I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? Uh-uh for you, because you 
overdrank in college. You let people buy you drinks and you were in denial about your alcoholism and mm -hmm. you drank Riesling all through your 20s. <laughs> right. Some of your 30s because mm -hmm. you didn't know what to do and you were drinking a bottle every Friday and Saturday by yourself. And <laughs> so you're, you're not, you're not, you, no matter what they are doing, mm -hmm. that adios might have been his only adios, but you had a different kind of problem. <laughs> like, so mm -hmm. that what he's doing, like, get in the way of what you need to be doing. And he ain't your pastor anyway. Right, know? right, right. Your, your personal choices are independent of other people's actions. That's right. That's right. Guard yourself. Right, mm -hmm. make decisions for yourself and don't be so over consumed with what somebody and then I noticed that this just is off a little bit off there too. But people have higher expectations for the preacher than they have for themselves, and sometimes they want you to be living a clean and pristine life, even when they're not saved. They don't right. have no intention of getting saved, but they mm -hmm. I have seen people say, Oh no, I know that the pastor ain't like it's like, well. Are you in the position to judge the decision? Hello. Because, like, now Are should you? the pastor be drinking with you? Or I don't know, but, it, you know. You know, it just sounds like this might be another uh, submission for next week's Ask Damo. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is very loaded. <laughs> exactly. There's a, a whole other couple questions out of this one. So. Right. <laughs> Right, because right. next week we're we're gonna have to clarify what can you drink if you did drink it. No, talk to your pastor. <laughs> right, right. like short answer. Talk to pastor. Right. Yeah. talk to your talk to your spiritual leader. Get get advice from other people, and don't let nobody lead you to the fountain of liquor, and don't let nobody like like tear up your your own conviction because of what they do. Right. right. Just, live your life. I want to thank you to Whitney and LaPria Ginevra for oh. joining my podcast season with Salt. This has been a fantastic episode, longer mm -hmm. than any of my Ask Damos, and rightfully so, because of all the wisdom and knowledge that you all have poured into these questions, and I really do appreciate it, and I hope that those of you who have listened, especially those of you who have submitted questions, that you were blessed and that you heard something that will encourage you and help you to make the right decision. And so without further ado, I just want to have um, uh, Sister Kawhi Churchy. We're going to have uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Sister Whitney and Sister LaPria. Do you have any closing remarks? Well, I just want to say it, it, it has been a blessing. I enjoy um, chatting with you both. And it's, it's nice because we, we have similar views in some areas, but um, you all even opened up my mind to, to bright, to broader horizon. So I really, really appreciate it. Amen. Cheers. <laughs> yes. And I, I agree. I agree with everything Whitney said. Ditto. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> well, thank you. But, and thank you just for the opportunity to, to join both of you. Um, this has been really wonderful for me and um, I'm looking forward to maybe coming back again. So come on back again. Come on back again. Hey, <laughs> let me tell y'all something. As we're closing, the Bible says that we need to let our words be seasoned with salt so that we know how to answer every man. And what I take from that is Christians have the authority, the know-how, the capacity to talk about anything. So mm -hmm. if you are a believer, first of all, if you're uncomfortable with what you heard because you think that Christians shouldn't be talking about some of this stuff, read your Bible. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> number one. And then number two, like, don't let anybody count you out of conversations because you can um, you can contribute to those conversations and you can say what well, thus said the Lord. And then you can say what well, thus the Lord has revealed to you through revelation, through your experience and through your life journey. And that's okay too. So thank y'all so much for joining me. I look forward to having you all back on Season with Salt, the podcast. Ask Damo next Wednesday if you want to. And uh, we look forward to connecting with you. Hey, if you listen to this podcast and you like what you heard, please share it. Invite a friend. Tell somebody about this podcast. Uh, you can listen to this podcast on 11 platforms that you love. Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you like to listen to your podcast at. So please just look up Season with Salt, the podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram. That is SWS Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, SWS The Podcast. Or you can go to our website, seasonwithsaltpodcast.com. Also in the show notes, I'll let you know how you can connect with Whitney and LaPria if you so would like to. They are both single. Um, LaPria in particular is looking for a husband and I will put her photo on top of this because I know that if you, first of all, you need to be wealthy. Oh no, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> Look, go ahead and close it off there. <laughs> to mingle. Have a good day. <laughs>